Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Thursday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Uncle Tom Talks. He's going to spit some truth, cash some checks, snap some necks, and he's going to do it all with you right here on Uncle Tom Talks. Here's Derek Wilburn. Yes, indeed, I am. Welcome in Uncle Tom Talks, Thursday, January 20-something or other. I don't know, 27, 28, something like that. I'm Derek Wilburn, the host of Uncle Tom Talks, the voice you just heard is the former two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. What do you Creed. think of him being trained by Apollo Creed? <laughs> He's not doing a very good job because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, but I'm going to jump right in. We've got a slightly abbreviated show. I've got to be out a little earlier because we've got some heavyweight guests coming up with Bax and Joe when I'm finished. And uh, got to make sure that on time. So before I get into the topic night, the impo- imploding pre- uh you see I'm wearing, I'm decked up in Air Force blue, uh, which is not unusual for me. You'll you'll notice if you've been around at all that I wear Air Force stuff quite a bit, um, mainly because, well, for two reasons. It, it's my hometown team. So we live, I live in Colorado Springs. We've raised a family here. We are raising a family here. And uh, that's our hometown team. Uh, the Air Force Academy is right here in town. Division One. I'm a big sports guy. I love college sports. My wife and I are season ticket holders. I go to all the home basketball games and some of the away ones too. Uh, and we're we're down this just down the street, literally in our case. That's something that people say. People throw around just down the street all the time when really it's like 18 miles. We're literally just down the street. The the south gate to the Air Force Academy is just a couple miles from my house. But as you can see, what's my left is what's my right. Here we go. Uh, as you can see, if you don't already know, I'm, I'm beginning the show today with a prayer request. For those of you who are given to prayer, I'm going to give you a prayer request to throw in. Uh, our oldest child, our son Connor, is a 2018 graduate of the United States Air Force Academy. After he graduated the academy, he went on to flight school, earned his wings in 2020, June of 2020, uh, from Vance Air Force Base, and now he is a jet pilot. He flies jets for a living for the United States Air Force for the United States Department of Defense. He's currently stationed at Fairchild Air Force Base. Uh, Shot me a message last night and said, Dad, we're getting deployed tomorrow, so uh, please pray for us. And um, he's on his way. Now, exactly where he's going and what he's doing, uh, he couldn't divulge everything to me. And even if he could, I wouldn't divulge it to you over the Internet. Uh, That's just not smart. But um, it's safe to say it probably has something to do with this Russia-Ukraine fiasco, which I need to make the topic of a show, because who cares? Can you imagine if Democrats were as concerned with protecting the border between the United States and Mexico as they are with the border between Russia and Ukraine? Why do we even care? What Ukraine has no strategic interest for us. I mean, how does sending our troops into harm's way to deter Russia in Ukraine, how does that make a bit of difference for Mr. and Mrs. Joe Peoria. How does it even matter? Why, why, why would we spend billions of dollars on this? It makes no sense, but that's another show. Bottom line is my son got the call last night, sent me a message, said we're taking off tomorrow. So as you watch this, as, as, as I'm taping right now, literally, um, 
about four in the afternoon here in a mountain time zone. He's probably in his jet with the hammer down. 33,000 feet, 600 miles an hour, uh, burning jet fuel to go and do whatever his, his, his squadron's been, been called up to do. So please pray for Connor Wilburn, C-O-N-N-E-R. That's my oldest son. Love my kids, as you well know. Wearing my Air Force dad shirt tonight and cap uh, in honor of my son and all the fighting men and women of the state's armed services, especially the United States Air Force. Uh, where all this is going, nobody knows. But uh, my son is in it somewhere. So if you're given to prayer, please pray for Connor. If you're not, pray for him anyway. Now, on to the show topic of the day. The Biden presidency is a disaster. Here's the thing. Everybody knows it's a disaster. Everybody. Now, there are people who will not admit it. You know, clearly a lot of Biden voters or even people in the Biden administration, they're quitting left and right. But of course, they won't admit it. But what's going well? I mean, name one thing to today that there's new breaking news every day of all the disasters, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, inflation, supply chain, gasoline prices. Border is a complete disaster with news that broke today that the Biden administration got busted flying illegal immigrants from our southern border in Texas into suburban America in the middle of the night and releasing them into our cities. Stone cold busted today. I would make that a topic of this show, but it didn't cross my wire until a little bit too late. But they're doing this in the middle of the night. Uh, I didn't pay careful attention yet, but I believe it was a police officer or some elect local elected representative who had a body cam phone, one or the other, or both, as this was happening. So it's on film, the presidential administration breaking federal law, breaking federal immigration law, stone cold busted, flying people into the interior of our country at two, three o'clock in the morning. Why do they always do these things in the middle of the night? You know, Barack Obama loads pallets of cash into a chartered airplane and flies it to Iran in the middle of the night. The Biden administration is distributing these people around our country in the middle of the night. Why do they do these things at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning instead of at 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? As if you don't know the answer to that question. Barack Obama once said, those with nothing to hide, hide nothing. And he was right. So the Biden, the Biden presidency is just a disaster. And it's so bad. Here's how you know how bad it is. It's so bad that even the liberal press it has to admit it. Even the liberal press, I mean, this is what they do, right? They cover politics 24-7, 365. It's one of the things with 24-7 cable news. You've got to come up with stuff. And there's nothing good to cover. So even the liberal press, which has been running interference for Democrats for decades, I mean, George Stephanopoulos goes from the Bill Clinton White House straight to the anchor seat at a major news network, Peter Jennings, Dan Rather, all these guys are lefties and everybody knows it, but they can't even cover for Biden anymore. So Biden, we've got, we've got several issues. I mean, the big one, of course, is senility. 
he's struggling with senility. He is a, he's senile. He's 78 and a half years old. Um, and everybody knows it. You can't, I'm not going to beat him up over that. This, this isn't news to anybody. Again, there are people who won't admit it, but they know it. And the other problem is he's not a great communicator. Never has been. Even before he started to lose his mental faculties, he always had struggled with communication. I mean, the gaffes, so-called gaffes, they aren't gaffes anymore. They maybe were gaffes 35 years ago, but he's always been a machine. So when your policies are failing, when you're a poor leader and you're a poor communicator on top of that, it's a recipe for some real disastrous problems. You can be a poor leader, but be an effective communicator and cover some of that ground up, right? If your policies aren't going at the corporate level, at the fed, at the governmental level, whatever, if, if, you're, if your agenda isn't going great, but you're an effective communicator, you can get in front of people. You can get in front of a camera and a microphone and, and convey a message to your audience, in this case, the entire American people, effectively. You can survive some of that. You know, Ronald Reagan, often called the great communicator, inherited a mess. You know, he came into a real broken country following Carter, a great communicator. And he got on TV in front of the American people. And back then, you only had four or five channels. So when the president got on TV, everyone saw. And he was really good on a mic. He was really good in front of a camera. He's an actor. He's a former actor. So he's very comfortable. Uh, Bill Clinton. You know, you probably don't agree with much of Bill Clinton's policy agenda, probably don't agree with much of his personal moral code, but you have to admit Clinton was a very effective communicator. His State of the Union addresses were, were very well delivered. He is very well spoken. He is charismatic in front of a camera. He was really good. Donald Trump, I, I am a fan of Trump's America First agenda. I thought his legislative policy agenda was what this country needed. The results bear that out. But I didn't find Trump to be a tremendously gifted communicator. I really didn't, especially during the debates. I didn't like watching him debate at all. Just cutting people off and just doing the Trump thing. Didn't work for me. But Biden, he just, he just can't do it. So they're doing their very best to keep him scripted and to limit his appearances and to definitely limit the questions that he takes live. You saw what happened day before yesterday with Peter Ducey, when Biden didn't even remember that his mic's on. I mean, whenever you're in front of a microphone, you have to assume it's turned on and calls him a stupid SOB. Only he didn't say SOB. With the whole world watching and listening. Uh, and so th th he's, he's said more than once, well, folks, as usual, uh, they've given us the people I'm supposed to call on. And he's got the reporters who he's supposed to call on in the proper order. So the answers on the teleprompter line up. So he's answering the right question with the right answer. You know, they're scripting him as best they can because he's not a good communicator and he's senile. So I'm going to roll something. Uh, heavyweight champ, get ready with cut zero, cut number zero. I'm going to read you something. This is a verbatim. I'm going to read this verbatim. And you tell me when I finish reading this, just what I said, okay? You tell me what I'm talking about. Quote, but I think that we have to deal with, for example, like I said, you have a circumstance where people are paying for a pound of hamburger meat than they ever paid. Well, one of the reasons for that is you don't have that many folks out there that are the ones that are 
uh, you know, you've got the big four controlling it all. And so you're going to see more and more move in this competition piece to allow more and more smaller operations to come in and be able to engage in providing buying and providing the access to much cheaper uh, uh, meat uh, than, uh, than exists now, but it's going to be a haul, close quote. What did I just say? Roll cut zero, please. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. But I think that we have to deal with, for example, like I said, you have a circumstance where people are paying more for a pound of hamburger meat than they ever paid. Well, one of the reasons for that is you don't have that many folks out there that are the ones that are got the big four controlling it all. And so you're going to see more and more. We're going to move on this competition piece to allow more and more smaller operations to come in and be able to engage in providing buying and providing the access to much cheaper uh, uh, meat uh, than, uh, than exists now. But it's going to be a whole. And we're going to see this competition piece come in. What competition piece? What is he talking about? He doesn't know what he's talking about. No one in the room, none of the press knows what he's talking about. His staff doesn't know what he's talking about. He just has communication problems, compounded by the fact that he's surrounded by policy failure. So when you have all this policy failure, you've got to explain it. Someone in the press, even if it's only Daily Caller, Fox News, and Breitbart, even if those are the only three White House press correspondents in the room willing to ask tough questions, someone's going to ask. And when they do, you get these rambling, that I just sampled, I think that cut we just listened to was just a tick over three minutes. I took that out of about a nearly seven minute long answer he gave to a question about inflation. I just chose the most coherent three minutes. It was just six and a half, seven minutes of just rambling. No idea what he's talking about. So he's not an effective communicator and his policies are failing, which is meaning that the press, the liberal press, do their best to cover for Democrats whenever they can. They're starting to give up the ship. They're starting to realize that they're, 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 we can't carry this guy any further. They, along with the Dominion voting systems, carried him across the finish line last November. They can't carry him any farther. And I'm going to give you some examples of that. This next one, this is from NBC's Chuck Todd. Now, we all know Chuck Todd. We know where he lives ideologically. No big secrets. All right, Chuck Todd, no friend of Republicans, no friend of conservatives. He's NBC's, we know who he is. NBC News posted this to their, their YouTube page. They titled it, Chuck Todd, quote, after disastrous first year, Biden no longer seen as competent, comma, effective, close quote. That's NBC, NBC News, after disastrous first year. There's no good news, no good news. So this is NBC's Chuck Todd, uh, cut number one is is short. It, it maybe is a minute, minute and a half. Roll it. This just aired the other day. 
President Biden's news conference on Wednesday was designed to kick off a second year reset of his presidency. Cap recaptures political identity, if you will. But our, MB, our new NBC News poll suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity a bit. He's no longer seen as competent and effective. He's no longer seen as a good commander in chief or perhaps most damaging as easygoing and likable. In fact, just 5% of adults say Mr. Biden has performed better than expected as president. One of the many lowest firsts and fewests in our poll. And as we kick off our Meet the Midterms coverage heading into November, the NBC News political unit developed what we're calling a midterm meter. It's based on previous election cycles. It's basically three poll numbers you need to know best. I'm gonna start with the perhaps the most important number to understand uh, the direction of the midterms, its job approval here. The president's job approval rating sitting at 43%. If you look at history, history shows that kind of presidential approval rating leads to a shellacking for the party in power. How about the mood of the nation? Well, let me show you this right now, our wrong track, nation's on the wrong track number, sitting at 72%. Second poll in a row where we've been over 70%. This is only the third time in our polls history over 30 years where we've had two tracks that uh, were that off. That again would put you in shellacking territory for the party. That's remarkable. For, for, there's two very remarkable things right there. Number one, 72%, three quarters of the country believe the nation's on the wrong track. And who you, who could you find to think we're on the right track? Where do they even get 23% a quarter to, to say we're on the right track? Who are these people? Unless they're polling the illegals that are being flown into the middle of the country on our dime and, and housed by us. So almost three quarters of the country thinks we're on the wrong track. And even more shocking still, NBC aired it. I don't think there's a chance you see that report by Chuck Todd during the Obama years. NBC, CBS, even CNN and New York Times, these places are throwing in the towel. They're saying this is a disaster. We, we can't not report the truth of the truth to the American people anymore. We got to report on this. Because if they don't, Fox News ratings are going to keep going the way they're going, which is nothing but north. Fox News has taken over the world because they're the only ones that will, generally speaking, report this kind of thing. NBC, CBS, and the rest have caught up to them. That was a shocking report from Chuck Todd that the Democrats are headed for a midterm shellacking. And the number of Democrats, I think we're up to 29, who have announced they will not be running for re-election. They're out. They can see the hammer. If you're a blue dog Democrat, if you're a Democrat in a district that is purple or maybe even leans slightly red, you're gone. So you, you're gone whether you campaign or not. So you might as well just bail now and they're bailing out left and right. Okay, so that was NBC's Chuck Todd. Face the Nation. Face the Nation is cut number two. Face the Nation has been airing on Sundays in the United States since I was a kid. Um, you got Face the Nation, you got Meet the what Rush used to call Meet the Depressed. Uh, these other shows that um, air on Sundays during the mornings and then at nighttime they used to you get sixty minutes. Remember sixty minutes when you were a kid? If you're if you're young, remember it was sixty minutes. Everyone watched sixty minutes. Of course, everybody watched every. There was only three channels, but sixty minutes was. I was just a kid, and I used to like watching it. 
it was just a good news show. The stories were interesting. They weren't politically biased, at least not that I remember. I was only 11, so what do I know? It was really fun. And it would always end with, with uh, Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney would just have that crazy four minutes to close the show out. Well, anyway, so 60 Minutes was the last of the Sunday news shows, national news shows. Meet the, meet the Press and Face the Nation, the first. Face the Nation on Sunday aired a piece called Listening to America. I played a part of this Tuesday night because the first half of Listening to America was dedicated to COVID and Corona mania. And nobody thought Biden's handling it well. They, they all think the government has botched it because the government has botched it. And then the second half, they just got into, okay, let's, let's leave the pandemic behind a little bit. And just how are you feeling about how things are going? You know, just, just a little more general than so pandemic-specific. Let's just talk about the state of America. And these people are not optimistic. They didn't let it not be known they weren't optimistic. And even Face the Nation aired it, didn't bury it, didn't submarine and instead put up a, a fluff Super Bowl or whatever. They actually aired this. And as we're listening, we're going to cue this up and run it next. But as we're listening, listen to the host. Can't think of her name off the top of my head. Listen to her overt attempts to pump some air into the tires. I mean, she, she does everything she can to get these people onto the things are going well train or onto the it's really not Biden's fault, train. Listen to the way she handles these questions. And these people, six or seven Americans from across the country, they're not having it. They're not having it. They're just like, no. No, this 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 sucks. Bad. Heavyweight champ, let's go with cut number two. We are a year into unified Democratic control of the House, of the Senate, of the executive branch. Do you feel any differently? Do you feel that Washington understands what all of you are experiencing out there? Beth is shaking her head no. I mean, so many of you are. But have you always oh. felt that way? Or is there a new level of sort of skepticism about Washington? Yeah, I think so. I, I really had such high hopes for this administration when they came in. And um, it's just been one disaster after another. Um, Afghanistan, inflation, take your pick. I just don't understand. I thought this was gonna be a president for the people of the people. And I just feel like it's one you know, hurdle after another that we all have to climb. Chelsea, I saw you raise your hand. I do agree that fundamentally for me, nothing has changed. I think that I am more skeptical now my life has not improved COVID has not improved biden has not you know stuck to any of his promises um mm -hmm. i don't think any anyone in washington is really for working people and that has been mm -hmm. so clear this year that point on working people there has been at least two trillion dollars pumped into the economy there have been child care tax credits when president biden took office he sent out those fourteen hundred dollar checks there's been all this money pumped in with the intention of helping working people are you saying it just hasn't made a difference in your life 
Um, so certainly not. Hear what you just said. So you hear what she just said. Back that up five seconds, heavyweight champ, while I'm talking. So you hear what she just said. She just said, "Didn't all this free money help you? We've pumped two trillion dollars into the economy. Into the economy, and you got fourteen hundred dollars in the mail. Aren't you happy about that?" And these people dropped the hammer on her. Because let's face it, money doesn't hurt. On a personal level, it's got to be paid back and the debt we're digging. That's another show altogether. Money doesn't hurt. If I send you a check for $1,000 and you get it in the mail the day after tomorrow, good. That's a thousand bucks you didn't have before. But in the context of what's happening in life right now, that thousand dollars is gone. It's gone. It really isn't making, unless you're in dire straits. Right. Unless you're at a place where you literally don't know how you're going to make rent come February 1st. Today's January 28th. Rent's due in a few days. You don't have it. If I send you a thousand dollars, you do have it. So I just changed your life temporarily until the end of February when you're right back where you started. And that's the whole point. A one-time hit to your bank account is a nice bonus, but it doesn't change your life. What you need is fourteen hundred dollars a month for the next 10 years, not $1,400 come Tuesday. But she tried, she tried, she tried, she tried to get these people on board with, this is really making your life better. You don't even realize it. Roll the film. ...of helping working people. Are you saying it just hasn't made a difference in your life? Um, certainly not in my life personally. Sandy, do you feel that way? I mean, I'm looking at a $300 ta a tax credit per month for each child. Um, the $1,400 checks that President Biden handed out. I I'm looking at all these that lists President of Biden things that out. were pumped out there with the intention of helping everyday people. Do you agree with Chelsea that it just hasn't made a difference in your life? It really hasn't made a difference at all, at least in my life. Uh, sure, it may have helped some people temporarily, but uh, ultimately what everything's caused with all this money pumped into the economy has caused inflation. Well, uh, economists would tell you a lot of that has to do with just the shocks from the pandemic. If, if yeah, you got a shot, if you went out and got the vaccine because it would help the economy, you know, is that an effective selling point for you versus telling you you're going to get sick or not? That doesn't help the price of bacon right now. Wait a minute. Uh, what is she talking hands, about? Do any of you wait, feel wait, like wait, the wait, 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 wait. If you went out and got a shot to help the economy, how do you connect those dots? How? how how do you even make that leap? If you went out, so if you went out and got a shot, your intention for doing it was twofold to protect yourself from the virus, theoretically, and to benefit the economy. How do you connect those two? So she's reaching. She is reaching for straws. Here we go. Telling you you're going to get sick or not? That doesn't help the price of bacon right now. Um, can I see a show of hands? Do any of you feel like the economy has gotten better in the past year? Not one. Zero. <laughs> All of you are saying no, even though the jobs picture is brighter, even though the direction of the Here economy and recovery is happening.
Yeah. Are you yeah, all concerned good. about rising prices and inflation? I go to the grocery store now. I'm I'm paying double the amount that I was paying, um, you know, even a few months ago. Uh, everything's gone up. My granddaughter mm -hmm. loves bacon, by the way, and I can barely afford bacon. <laughs> and whose fault do you think that is? I mean, it's the Federal Reserve that controls <laughs> interest rates. It's their job the to control inflation. Yeah, do you blame the president? Do you blame the central bankers? Or do you blame? So hold it right there. Just all right. Congress. So here's what I just here's what, so I want to ask you who you blame for your sidewalk not being shoveled. Okay, it snowed last night. There's a fresh six inches. Here I go. So who do you blame? I mean, your neighbor next door always shovels your sidewalk. He's you've lived in this house for ten years, and for ten years, every morning when you come out, if it snowed overnight. He's shoveled the sidewalk. He's always done that. Yet this morning it wasn't shoveled. Now, who do you blame? That's what she just did. The Federal Reserve controls the monetary supply. The Federal Reserve keeps interest in check. So who do you blame? The Biden administration or the Federal Reserve? You see how these people operate? Okay, is this an impartial moderator just keeping the flow of the discussion moving? No, she's injecting, and in this case, she's injecting thoughts. She's planting seeds in people's minds of thought to get the answers that she wants. She wants them to go, yeah, you're right. You know, the Federal Reserve, everybody knows the Federal Reserve. Uh, the Federal Reserve messes up monetary supply. It's the Feds constantly hitting the gas, hitting the brake, hitting the gas, hitting the brake. That hoses the whole thing up. The, the executive branch has nothing to do with it. That's what she wants, but that's not what she's going to get. Rolling. The Federal Reserve is talking about, they're talking about uh, increasing the interest rate, um, but I think it's a combination. Um, Congress is worthless. <laughs> I don't even, you don't even want me to start on Congress. <laughs> I actually do, because this is one of the things. In President Biden's first year, one of the things they say they are most proud of is this historic investment in infrastructure and the fact they got Republicans and Democrats to sign on to it. Even with that, you still say they're worthless. I do, because there's so much more that needs to be done. Like what? What do you need? Um, I need for the price of bacon to go down. <laughs> How about Amen that? that I need for the government to stop Amen. spending so much money on um, things that are worthless. That like what? Gonna, that are not going to benefit the people. I mean, they're sending out uh, N95 masses, you know, to cover people's faces. Somebody's making it, and somebody's making money off of that. You know, I, you know, that to me that's crazy. They're also sending out COVID tests mm -hmm. um, for people to do COVID testing at home. Waste of money. The administration would say these are the things that will help keep the economy going because then you won't have to stay home if you don't catch COVID. It takes 12 days to get the test in the mail, another 12 days to get your results. That's 24 days. <laughs> well, these at-home tests are supposed to be quick, just a few minutes. Here's what's wrong with our administration. They, like she was saying, here you are sending all these tests, sending the masks, so I'm going to put more money into this economy. I'm going to keep spending more money and, and it's going to fix everything. No, 
inflation is going to hit eight, nine percent. We're going to be back to Jimmy Carter. And we know what happened to Jimmy Carter. Um, you can't keep doing that. I, I almost feel like the administration came in and said, you know what, we're going to do everything opposite of what Trump did. Bingo. There will be more of our Listening to America segment Monday Bingo. on our CBS News streaming network during Bingo. Red and Blue. All they did was come in and say, we have to undo all things Trump. If Trump went right, we go left. If Trump went up, we go down. If Trump said green, we say red on everything. And Trump's policy agenda economically, fiscally, was highly successful. Now, you've got to, you've got to go pre-pandemic. You can't blame the spread of the virus on, on Trump. Well, a lot of people do. Didn't have anything to do with it. You look at the first two and a half years, it was ripping and roaring, honey. You had companies repatriating jobs, factories, and money at a record pace. You had record low unemployment. You had record high workforce involvement and workforce participation. You had record high household income. I mean, everything was going great. And now it has reversed everything and we're getting the exact opposite. And it's gotten so bad that even NBC and CBS can no longer cover. They've stopped covering. And that, for the Biden administration and the Democrats, spells disaster. Because from now through November, if it isn't just Fox News, Daily Caller, Breitbart, and, and Christian News Network singing the praise, singing the bad news, if the others jump on the so-called mainstream, NBC, CBS, ABC, New York Times, CDNN, you know, the, you know the drill. If they jump on and start reporting like this for the next eight months or whatever it is, nine months until the next election, well, November, 10 months, if they start becoming Fox News light, Democrats got a big bloodbath. They've got a big bloodbath. And they're between a rock and a hard place because Joe is senile and doesn't know what he's talking about. And his vice president is the most unlikable person in Washington, D.C. Her poll numbers, they, they, they really screwed the pooch by picking her because of a di identity politics, because of her skin color and her reproductive organs, she got the job. And no one liked her when she got the job. First person out of the Democrat primary, not one Democrat voter, not one. Not one delegate. Nobody liked her. And it's only gotten worse. The way she scolds people, she's just unlikable. So if they get rid of Joe, they have the most unlikable person in the world who's inexperienced and who's a bigger failure than he is. They got big problems. But we don't have a problem. In fact, we've got something great. We have got the close of Uncle Tom Talks, which, as you know, if you've ever seen this show, means it's time for real fake headlines. It's the gaming sensation that's sweeping the internet. Real fake headlines is very simple. We are going to put up four headlines. Four headlines. Three of them are real. I found them somewhere on the web. One of them is a fake. I made it up. All you have to do is figure out the fake. So open up your chat if you don't have the chat wherever you are watching this thing open get in there and all you have to do is type the number one two three or four when you think you've figured out which one's fake one two three or four here we go champion of the world we're gonna go we'll do them in order let's do headline number one 
New York City Mayor announces random checks at city entry points to search for people with guns. Okay? This has been done throughout history. This has been done in other places at other times. 1940 comes to mind. Berlin. Checkpoints to stop people and see if they have guns. Headline number two. Your Department of, Secret uh, of Transportation Secretary's husband, Pete Buttigieg's husband, Florida bill banning gender identity, sexual orientation from being discussed in school will, quote, kill kids. Did Pete's husband, they recently had a child, say that a bill banning these things being discussed in school is going to kill kids? So in other words, were kids dying in school as a result of this in the 1970s when this wasn't being discussed at all anyway? There was no bill banning it? Headline number three. In an affront to disgruntled police department chief, Portland City Councilwoman tweets thin yellow line. All right, thin yellow line. So it's sort of thin blue line, thin yellow line. Yellow, of course, meaning you're you're gutless, you're you're a coward. And headline number four. GOP lawmakers announce legislation to stop TSA from allowing migrants to use arrest warrants as ID at U.S. airports. Arrest warrants. As ID, we got a typo there after it warrants that should be as. That's my fault. Okay, so there's your four headlines. I'm going to give them to you again, rapid fire, and then we will start taking votes. Well, you can vote now if you think you know. Headline number one, New York City Mayor announces random checks at city entry points to search for people with guns. Headline number two, Pete Buttigieg's husband. Florida bill banning gender identity, sexual orientation from being discussed in schools will kill kids. Headline number three. An affront to disgruntled police department chief, Portland City Councilwoman tweets thin yellow line. And headline number four. GOP lawmakers announced legislation to stop TSA from allowing migrants to use arrest warrants as ID at airports. Thanks for correcting that typo. Okay, the dancing destroyer can see the inputs into the chat. I cannot, so I rely on him to be my eyes and ears at this point and give me our vote tally. We've got a vote for three, a vote for four, a vote for one. Okay. So Pete Buttigieg's husband's getting some love. People think that's true. Okay. Keep on getting two, three, or four. Vote, vote, vote. We're going to be out of our show in just a few minutes tonight. As I mentioned at the top, got to get out a little bit early. Another vote for number three. So that's two for three. Three is in the lead. Another for one. Two for one, two for three, one for four. We got one vote for two. 
Oh, two is now in the mix. Okay, so Mayor Pete's husband is getting some love. And oh, we got geez. another vote for four. That didn't come out the way I wanted no. it to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just not right. Okay, so give me the tally. Give me the totals. Here we go. So we got two for one, two for two, two for three, and two for four. Wow. Even split. Okay. I tell you what we're going to do. Let's, uh, <laughs> since I just had a gaffe on Mayor Pete's husband, headline number two, put that on screen, please. There's headline number two. Please put on screen image number three. That's not number three. That's number two. Unless I numbered him wrong, which wouldn't be the first. That time. was three. That was three, but I got it. I got it. Okay. There it is. So those of you who thought Mayor Pete's husband headline was a are not tonight's winners. This is the truth. Mayor Pete's husband, who Mayor Pete just got some paid time um, to be home after the birth of their baby. His husband claims that a bill that says, look, this is not your job, the government's job. Public schools are government run. This is not the government's job. This is parents' job. This doesn't belong in classrooms. This belongs in the home. Mayor Pete's husband claims that decision will kill kids. Exactly how it's going to kill kids isn't made clear. Now, I was in school in the 1980s. These things were not discussed when I was in school. And all the kids that I went to school with, they all graduated high school. Actually, we had one suicide in my class. Scott Nystrom committed suicide when I was a junior in high school. Everybody else made it. And Scott was not queer. He was just disturbed. Okay, we have two votes for number one. Uh, since you already put that image up, let's go there. Uh, I have it as image number two, but you you got it. Let's put the headline up. New York City Mayor announces random checks at the entry points to search for you to check you for guns. Headline number or image number two, I think. Whatever it is. This is real. Random checks at the century po entry points to search to pat you down. Um, search and seizure. Is that reasonable to just randomly start checking people? Now, in New York City, maybe, I don't know, maybe it is reasonable. What if they check you, you have a gun, but you are properly licensed to carry it? I guess it is to say, okay, you can go on your way. I don't know how that works. But anyway, number one is real, is not fake. Let's go to headline number four. Two people thought this was a fake. Republican lawmakers announced legislation to stop TSA from allowing migrants to use arrest warrants as, as ID. I'd like to think this is fake. However, image number four is going to prove it is not. We actually have to run legislation 
for this. To keep people from using their arrest warrant as identification at U.S. airports if they're illegal. Okay, can you even, you, I couldn't have made that up. That had to be real, which means headline number three, slap that on screen. Headline number three is the fake. And this, to me, is a very believable one. I'm pretty proud of that one. Uh, I could see a city councilwoman tweeting about the police chief, thin yellow line. I could see that happening easily, but it didn't. At least it didn't in the headlines in the last couple of days. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. I have got to get out of here. We are running a couple of minutes behind. The show coming up behind this one, I think the heavyweight champ is going to preview. Going to be a scorcher. Going to be a barn burner. Stay right there. I will be back. Tuesday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, right here. Everybody, that was another episode of Uncle Tom Talks. Make sure you follow Derek on Rumble, on DLive, on Twitch, and on Telegram at Uncle Tom Talks. You can find him at all those places where he'll be streaming live and you can find all of his content. If you want to get a notification... When Derek's going live, which he should, text the word FREEDOM, that's F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517, and you know exactly when he's going to go live. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you are aware of those days and get ready for his upcoming shows. Uh, go to the link in the description and subscribe to the newsletter as well. You'll hear more about Derek and about other conservative daily uh episodes and news that's coming out from us make sure that you subscribe to derek on apple podcasts google podcasts podbean audible TuneIn, pandora iHeartRadio, and spotify give him a five-star review on apple podcasts help this guy climb up in the rankings so that all the eyes that need to see him do and stay tuned for the upcoming episode of conservative daily you may have heard about him in the news dj ferguson has been denied a heart transplant simply because he is unvaccinated. His father is going to be joining us today to tell to tell us about it. Uh, it's a heartbreaking story, uh, but we've got an, ex- an exclusive with him coming up. That's it for Uncle Tom Talks. Everyone, before I go, please send your prayers and your love to Derek's son. Pray that he maintains his safety, that he is covered by the Lord, he makes it home. God bless you all. God bless America. This has been Uncle Tom Talks.